0: And if we think about often for business owners, we have a section on our website where we introduce ourselves or we introduce our team and we put our names up and we say, this is, you know, for me, it's like, this is Hank. I'm based in Sydney. And let me tell you a little bit about me. Um, I would encourage people to also in that section, share your pronouns as well, because that not only does that, um, that send a signal to people that you are, th- are thinking about this idea or that people aren't necessarily, um, you know, stuck in the gender binary.
1: Welcome everyone to another episode of the Let's Gather podcast. I'm your host Zeke, and in this episode I have Hank Paul to speak about how to be inclusive. You can find more information about them by clicking the link in the description below. I'll leave a content warning for intro and language rules in this episode. I hope you have and enjoy the show. First, I'd like to thank you for joining the podcast and allow you to introduce yourself to the audience.
0: Thanks, Zeke. Yeah, uh, my name's Hank Paul. My pronouns are they, them, and I am an LGBTQIA plus inclusion strategist. I'm based in Sydney, Australia. And I work with folks all over the world who want to build their businesses in a way that can authentically connect with the LGBTQ plus community. So I, I get like a lot of people, particularly folks who aren't in the queer community. Who feel a little bit awkward talking about inclusion? Who maybe are worried about looking tokenistic? And so the work that I do is, you know, I create uh, programs and workshops and and deliver trainings that is really just des- designed to give people the confidence that they need to show up as authentic allies and be, you know, th- supporting the community and align their personal values with the business that they want to build.
1: So that's all sounds well and good. So I guess we can start with, what made you want to become an inclusion? Um, inclusion, like what? Why is inclusion important to you? Let's start with that.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, so I have a background in wedding photography. I've been a wedding photographer for ten years, and that was kind of my my first business that I began, and the wedding industry specifically is, you know, it's very heteronormative. And when I say heteronormative, what I mean to say is weddings are built for straight couples. Like that's just the standard that every business is built for and all the traditions are created around. And, you know, we inherit hundreds and hundreds of years of, of, Tradition that is, you know, it's just that's what heteronormativity is. And it's not our fault. There's nothing wrong with being straight. There's nothing wrong with having a straight wedding. Uh, But obviously, as society progresses and we understand more about the nuances of people with diverse genders and sexualities, people. Have started getting married who aren't straight. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. i've uh, I'm not married, but I'm part of I'm part of the community. i'm I'm not straight. And um so being a photographer of weddings, I started to book clients who weren't uh, straight and realized just how embedded these biases were in the way that I photographed. And, the language that I used on my website, the forms that I got people to fill out, the emails that I sent, like all of that had these assumptions just built in that I was working with a straight couple. And it was, uh, yeah, I think like, uh, again, being part of the queer community myself, uh, it it was really important to me as soon as we had marriage equality here in Australia, that I could create a business where people in, in my community felt really comfortable and safe that they could hire me and, and feel really, um, you know, that they could trust me to do a really good job of photographing their wedding and not trying to put them in this box that, you know, they had to be just like every other straight couple. And it kind of snowballed from there, I suppose. I began doing that within my own business and other business owners saw me do it, doing it and asked, you know, can you help me be more inclusive? And I think ultimately the way that I view inclusion, a lot of people, this word inclusion is is a scary word or something that they have, you know, ideological uh, beliefs around what it does or doesn't mean. Um, but for me, inclusion is about bringing more people into the circle. Uh, it's, it's not about excluding anyone. It's not saying that we are creating something that will not serve Straight people, for example, um but rather, what a, what am I doing in my business to say yes? I work with straight people, and I work with people in the queer community. And it's it's about addition, bringing folks in, adding to what we already do, rather than taking things away or excluding folks.
1: Got it. So I can. I'm trying to think about like how like that's similar to like in the states. How I'm assuming this is also the same um, normative, heteronormative on um, my own um, beliefs in the weddings that
0: people will yeah. have to like
1: think about because if it's just normal then you're not gonna be like it's gonna be the like, everything everyday thing.
0: That's right. And if you know if if we weren't to have this conversation that we're we were having, but you were just on the street and someone just said, I'm having a wedding, I'm getting married, what Amount of like unconscious bias do you have that you would assume that they're they're straight and they're marrying someone of of an opposite gender? And that's where we again, it's not our fault that we think these things. This is, you know, beliefs and and systems that have been handed down over hundreds of years in a way that it's like we we didn't create it, but. I really want to help support and empower people to question it and and to ask like how can we do this in a way that brings everyone into the circle together and rather than just assume someone is straight the moment we meet them we actually create a space where no matter if they're straight or not we're we're really thoughtful about using language that's inclusive We're thoughtful about the way that our business is set up to make that inclusive. And we don't make assumptions straight away.
1: So when you're working with people, what is like their reaction when you point out an assumption to them that they didn't see?
0: Yeah, uh, good question, Zeke. So my approach is generally calling people in rather than calling people out. You know, there's that whole culture on Twitter about, you know, I'm uh, not Twitter anymore, sorry, X. <laughs> uh, you know, about like calling people out for, you know, bad behavior or saying the wrong thing. We like to cancel people for what they've done, and there's a real kind of negativity bias in the way that culture calls people out and that we pay attention to the negative things that people do. And I I think like if we talk about brand, like it's just not very on brand for me to focus on something that is a negative behavior or action. And so I would much rather position myself as a person who calls people in, who invites them in to think about things differently, who, you know, yes, we want to challenge these biases that we are brought up with, uh, but do it in a way that is compassionate and gentle, hopefully, you know, a little bit of humor and and that making inclusion an accessible thing to talk about, rather than something that we all get a little bit sweaty palmed and and like unsure about if we're going to say the wrong thing and and be nervous about making a mistake. Um I think that that generally then, Flows on to the way that people respond when when I am doing consultations or audits or trainings is it's more like these light bulb moments where people recognize ah oh, I never even thought about it from that perspective thank you so much or you know they'll I did a training just the other week and we were talking about the fact that you know myself and uh, almost. A quarter of uh, Gen Z folks now identify as gender diverse. So often that means using different pronouns to just he him or she her. And this pronoun conversation is is a really, you know, it's a tricky one for some people who aren't really used to talking about pronouns. And so I was talking about the fact that I use they them pronouns, and that that doesn't break the English language convention of singular, versus plural. You know, people say, oh, they them is a is a plural. We're talking about a group. But if we have a um, an unknown person on the phone and we might talk about them, you know, I might say, Zeke, someone just rang me and they asked me, you know, if I have a we want to buy a new car. But I've said they asked me because I don't I haven't met that person on the phone. I may not know their gender, but it's a singular. And so it's some of those light bulb moments that that I see in the people that I work with. Of oh, that's right, I I do already use they them pronouns in the singular, and I can apply that to a person's personal pronouns. So I yeah, I think like generally people aren't working with me until they're ready to be challenged on some of these things. And if people have like really stiff views about inclusion. I'm I'm not the right person for them yet. Uh maybe one day, um, but but not right now. So yeah, the reactions are generally very positive and it's it's about as I say, like I, I really want to call people into a conversation rather than slamming down with like, this is what you did wrong. This is what you need to do now.
1: Definitely understand that you don't want if you call somebody out, then you want to become more defensive and you're not really working together, you just now you now you a fight that doesn't need to be
0: had. That's right. Yeah.
1: And earlier you said about tokenism, how like you want people like inclusion, you want people to be included, but you don't want them to feel like a token. What does that um entail?
0: Yeah. So I teach a framework which is called the authentic allyship framework. And there's kind of three pillars of that, which when you add them all together, that's what equals authentic inclusion or what I'll call authentic allyship because my focus is on training allies and supporting allies so the the three parts are amplification and awareness and action sorry i got them in the wrong order that's why i was like pausing so sorry i want to start awareness amplification action so i'll i'll walk you through if you if you're interested um, awareness is around that, like self-reflection it's about educating yourself. Maybe you need to go and do some training or you want to, you know, just, uh, meet people in the queer community, spend some time in the queer community, go to a drag show, like those sorts of things that like, it's just about making sure that you understand when we talk about LGBTQIA plus people what does that acronym mean what what's the difference between gender and sex what's the difference between sexual orientation and romantic attraction like there's there's a lot of terminology and language that comes with understanding what it means to be queer and so that really comes under that piece of awareness then the second pillar is amplification and that is where i think one of the the strongest things that we can do as allies when we don't know what to say or we're afraid of saying the wrong thing, we can just use what platform we have to elevate and draw attention to other people who are much smarter than us or have articulated something in a way that we really like, people who we learn from. And by amplifying the voices of people in the LGBTQIA plus community, whether that's sharing their posts on social media, whether it's, you know, quoting them when we want to talk about things that are important to us and, and you know, referencing the work of other people, um, it's it's referring, you know, referring these important leaders and, and educators to our friends and family if we're having hard conversations and, hey, you know, maybe you don't understand this concept, you know, someone who could teach you more about this concept is blah, blah. So, amplifying and lifting up those voices and making sure that those voices are part of this conversation when it comes to the inclusion of the queer community. Uh, and then the final piece is, is, action and action. I mean, I hope that's like fairly self-explanatory, but it's once, once we've done that educational self-awareness piece we've also partnered with people who are in the community and we've uplifted them and amplified their voices and their perspectives then it's what do we feel compelled to do and 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 show up as allies on a regular basis because allyship it's not something that you tick the box and you move on like you know we want to we want to make sure that it's a part of our identity that we will consistently show up as allies for marginalized people. And in this case, um, you know my my lived experience and my expertise around, you know, um, showing up and being allies for the queer community. So action is what what changes do you make in the policies that you create at work? What changes are you making on your website to be more inclusive? How are you,, um, you know, celebrating the the days of significance, such as, you know, during pride or or transgender day of awareness or, you know, uh, uh, how much money are you spending, you know, with queer owned businesses and, and so on. There's, you know, there's dozens of different things that you could be doing that are proactive actions to take to show your allyship. So on the question of tokenism or whether or not what you're doing is is just virtue signaling or you know some of these 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 phrases that get thrown around. My belief is that if you personally are focused on those three pillars of awareness, amplification, and action, right in the middle of those three things, that's that's what I would consider authentic allyship.
1: Yeah, it's more of doing it's more of learning and relearning when you have to and then um, helping those who are better or have more knowledge to let them speak if if you don't have the um like, like the educational, the words to say, and then making sure you're helping out when you can.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good way of summing that up. Yeah. Got it. And
1: when you say like websites and businesses, like policies to make them more inclusive, what are like some things that people can do?
0: Good question. So I have a workshop that I sell, which is called Inclusify My Web- Website. And in Inclusify My Website, I teach you just like five main strategies of things that you can do to update your website. You know, this is your business website uh, to to be more inclusive of LGBTQIA plus people. And generally speaking, these are very small things that aren't going to alienate people, but rather they are going to just send really strong signals that you understand the importance of inclusion to, you know, the queer community. So for example, you know, we talked about pronouns earlier, and one of the things that I think is really, um, really powerful is when folks, whether they are part of the queer community or not, when people share their own pronouns. And if we think about often for business owners, we have a section on our website where we introduce ourselves or we introduce our team and we put our names up and we say, this is, you know, for me, it's like, this is Hank, I'm based in Sydney. And let me tell you a little bit about me. Um, I would encourage people to also in that section, share your pronouns as well, because that not only does that, um, um, that send a signal to people that you are, thought, are thinking about this idea or that people aren't necessarily, um, you know, stuck in the gender binary. There are people that exist outside the gender binary, but that you are also prepared to take those actions, a small, small action, just typing your pronouns next to your name in brackets. Um, but it, but what that the message that that sends to the community is is really major. And really impactful. So, something as small as that can actually make a difference. I would then, I think, going back to those three pillars of authentic allyship, like that's an action that you can take. But I wouldn't take that action without having a a really great awareness and self understanding of why why do pronouns matter why are pronouns an important thing for me to share so if that's not something that you know much about or you want to learn more about i mean i would highly encourage you grab my workshop inclusify my website because we talk about pronouns in that um but you know i share about all these sorts of things on my my weekly newsletter that i send out and on, on my instagram so i take it upon myself to, to educate people in my audience and, and bring them on that journey so that that awareness piece is something that they can do on a regular basis. Um, and then again, amplification. So maybe it's about amplifying testimonials from queer clients of yours and putting them on your website, as well as folks who are straight and cisgender. So, there's ways that you can kind of incorporate those three pillars of authentic allyship on your website uh, in a really natural way that doesn't feel like you are waving this massive rainbow flag around everywhere and shoving it down people's throats. Like no one wants that. No one wants to feel like they're being forced into this, Um, but it's just a, a gentle way. And that's, that's what I think inclusion is. Inclusion is not, necessarily shouting from the rooftops, but it's about sending the invitation to everyone. So, yeah, I don't know. Does that, does that answer the question? Yeah. Uh,
1: is that something I should um, add to my website? Just my call now, just something simple. Easy. So easy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I have like different things, but I'll have them like everywhere, but yeah, I can definitely just do that after the interview, just like go type it in real quick and
0: then. That's right. Yeah.
1: Cool. And then I read your website. Read you about how you said and you said earlier about how you was um pushed away from um clients based on how they identified, and then you had to like unlearn that. What was kind of the unlearning process?
0: Mm, yeah, that's like a. <laughs> <laughs> it's so the context is that I started in the wedding industry through I was being mentored through this person in my church who was also a wedding photographer. So I had a really religious upbringing and it was, I mean, I shouldn't, I should also maybe specify that it was a very traditional conservative religious upbringing, because I think there's a way, you know, plenty of religious folks who are also very inclusive of the queer community, but that was not my upbringing. I was religious and not inclusive of the queer community. And so every, all the messaging that I was brought up with was one that, Um, you know, wrote this, it told this narrative of queerness being sinful and bad. And, and so then as a, you know, as a young adult starting out in my business, I had, I, I had queer people inquire about my services and I hadn't come out to myself yet. And I rejected them and I said, no, I'm not, I'm not a good fit for you. And essentially I discriminated against them for their identity and, Is so not cool. It's also, I mean, well, I think things have changed in the US, but here in Australia, that would not be legal. What I what I did was not legal, Um, but you mask it in a way that no one can really accuse you of discriminating because I I said I'm unavailable. You know, I I'm already booked that day, which is a, a complete lie. Um, the unlearning for me was really the journey of my own self identity right it was realizing that i i was queer and knowing that there was not space for me to hold both this really harmful religious doctrine and find find a future for myself where i loved myself i couldn't do both and ultimately i had to let go of the harmful doctrine and em- embrace my authentic self and and learn to love who i was rather than try to change and become something that my like my church community told me i needed to be and i what i what i found now is like a beautiful community of of queer people who experience faith on all different ends of the spectrum and and some people who have you know still have very deep christian views and values and and go to church and that's beautiful for them and some of my friends who find spirituality in different places and then some people who are not spiritual at all and i think like i have found just a community where i feel a sense of like belonging now and And then that obviously translated into, well, I now know what it feels like to belong and be myself. I now want to create my business and help other businesses create spaces where people can belong and be themselves. Yeah,
1: and I could you could tie that back to um, going back to the pronouns and the about page of a website. you don't know who somebody is on their journey, and um so having like a business aid there person in the business with their pronouns might make them feel better or make them feel more comfortable with them saying their pronouns and then mm-hmm. that could trigger down to somebody else
0: that's right and and the pronouns are such a small thing but there are bigger things that business owners can do if they want to be really clear about what they value and so something that i teach is around writing an inclusion statement and that would be something that would sit typically like sit it in the footer of your website right at the bottom that you would, you would have something that represents your brand and what you value and the fact that as a company or as a business, you do support everyone regardless of their gender identity or their sexuality. But I mean, I'm also in favor of extending that to say, I, for, you know, if i bring it back to wedding photography... I'll photograph your wedding regardless of your gender identity, your sexuality, your race, your religion, your body size. Like that's that's a statement that I have on my website to say I do not discriminate in any of these regards and that um that sends a really clear message to the people I want to attract that I I then now I like I end up photographing a lot of diverse weddings. From all over the spectrum because people just see that and go, oh, it doesn't matter that, you know, I'm having this religious ceremony or not. It doesn't matter that I am um, you know, that I'm 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 gay and having a, a same-sex wedding. Like none of those things are factors for for people to feel uncomfortable around me. And and so I make that really clear. So some business owners choose to, to be really explicit about that through an inclusion statement on their website as well. Yeah, it. Definitely. Uh, is there
1: anything that I did that you want to talk about?
0: I think like one of the biggest things, and we touched on it a little mm-hmm. bit, Zeke, was for a lot of folks who want to be allies, they feel nervous or uncomfortable. And at the root of that is usually a fear of making mistakes. hmm and and people want to say the right thing but if they're afraid of saying the wrong thing they generally just don't say anything at all and one of the biggest messages that i would like to just like amplify to the world is being an ally means you will make mistakes like we all make mistakes and again it's not your fault that we inherited this world that has created an environment where queer people are marginalised. Like we didn't do this on purpose. We were born into a world that had created these systems. And, and so in order to kind of break those systems down a little bit and question it, there will be mistakes along the way. We will feel uncomfortable. We'll probably get someone's pronouns wrong along the way. We'll probably, you know, assume someone is straight and then get awkwardly corrected by them in conversation. Like that's going to happen. And there's not a lot that we can do to stop that from happening ever. But I would encourage folks if you're interested in letting your business and your life be more aligned to your values, and you want to be more of an ally, just embrace those mistakes as learning opportunities, and really just try to um, keep that open growth mindset when when mistakes happen. Be be quick. To apologize, be really humble and and try not to let your ego get in the way. And if you can bring that mindset, you're going to do really well as an ally. Because again, it's a journey. We we're all learning all the time. We're not all going to be perfect from the get go or ever. So mistakes are normal. It's part of the journey. That's that's probably like the the last thing I'd add. Got it. Yeah,
1: you know, it's it's always to be learning. It's always going to be yeah.
0: learning. Yeah, cool. and that's human. That's to be human is to be learning.
1: Are there any questions you have before we
0: go to the closing? I don't think so. I mean, how has this landed for you? How do you feel having this conversation?
1: Um, I feel like there's, like, some things, like, again, like I said earlier, there's small things I can do just to let everybody know, like, where I'm at on mm-hmm. um how I um, want to be, like, an ally and then, like, I uh, feel yeah, that's like the main thing I took from it and other than that it's more like how if uh, somebody I meet is on their journey of like awareness then how I can like help them in that
0: mm. aspect yeah. of it yeah that's great
1: cool so uh, where can people find you and what can they get oh, yeah please, yes.
0: please find me Uh, at hankpaul.co on Instagram, and that's also my website, hankpaul.co. You'll find probably the most value in joining my weekly newsletter, which is aptly called Hank Mail. And every week I just send out, you know, little stories of, you know, lessons that I've learned, but also practical things that people can do to implement, you know, either in their business or in their just day-to-day lives around allyship. I try, you know, what I love about doing it every week is it's, it's this is bite-sized, you know, nothing too big, nothing too chunky, just a little bit each week to keep that top of mind and, and kind of keep, keep that muscle flexing a little bit, you know? So I think like the, the newsletter is probably the main place that people get the most value. But as I said before, I have this workshop, Inclusify My Website, very practical. It's just an hour long and you can make the changes to your website as you watch the workshop. So, if you can like sit down for an hour, you'll end up like you'll get to the end of the hour with with some really important and impactful changes on your website to be more inclusive. So, you can head to my website and find the details of how to how to access that too. Got it. Again, thank you for joining the podcast. Thanks yeah. so much for having me, Zeke. It's been a pleasure.
1: That brings another episode of the Let's Get A podcast to so close. Cool. Again, get information about Hank Paul by clicking the link in the description below. next week i have Christopher Hall to speak about flying planes and being a mentor hope to see you next day and i hope to see you there